0: Happy Resurrection Sunday. Boy, you guys sound like it's April Fool's today. Happy Resurrection Sunday. There we go. That's a little better. You know, I bought this suit coat about six months ago. My wife wouldn't let me wear it. And then today I get up and I'm dressed and she comes in and said, Honey, I had this picked out for you today. And she had a red shirt on the inside. And I'm thinking, is this an April Fool's joke or she been serious? And, and, but, but so many times the, the, as I was sitting here thinking this morning that this message that we have today is so powerful. But sometimes we think it's April Fool's. We don't really believe what we're saying. I hope we don't get caught up in that. I hope we realize what Jesus has done. And the Lord had showed me a prophecy that's been fulfilled that I wanted to kick off today with. But it is out of Isaiah 25, 8, and it says, He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people we, he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. And that's what God has done for us. He sent his son, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But but he sent his son to take care of business for us, and on Friday he went to the cross. On Saturday he took care of the business, and today he rose. And that's what we're celebrating today, the prophecy that Christ is Lord over all things, that he's Lord of our life, but he but he can be with us in this life and guide and direct us and make it the, the most wonderful life of ever. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven to enjoy him. We can enjoy him now. Before we get into the sermon and, and what I believe Christ did for us, I wanted to review the books that you have before you today. I want to thank Pastor Lannon for this. this. This is kind of based off our triangle ministry. And you can see in there as you open the pages up that, that the triangle's there. But, but these are four things we believe that Christ done, has done for us on the cross and, and that first thing is to know God. And, 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 and I'm going to really emphasize today that, that Jesus came after us, I believe, is what this season's about. And, and we need to do our best to know God and to, to get to know him. And, and I'm going to preach out of Luke 4 today, uh, verses, I believe, uh, 18 and 19. But anyway, I'm going to talk about, I believe the Lord told me that was Jesus' mission statement. And that to know him and to know what he's done for us and how at the cross he has taken care of business. Next week you'll see in chapter 2 on pages 14 and 15, it's talking about the church and how the church got connected to the things of God. And we're going to be talking about Acts 2.42. Uh, the next week we're going to be talking about the, the, just the fruit and the gifts of the Spirit and, and what Christ has empowered us with and how he's he's put us in authority on this earth, but discovering who you are is that discipleship part in week three. And then last but not least, allowing God to send us. And that's what Joel's song was about today, is that, man, we need to be screaming what Christ has done for us. We need to be just blasting it, what Christ has done for us. And yesterday, we kind of... I Got a renewing of that, or I did, but but uh, uh, we had our our community our rise up community outreach weekend at Carthage, and that's what we're calling this month, and today is rise up, Jesus rose up, we rise up. but we had probably three three fifty people come out, but but the connections. That, that that we were able to make yesterday and to share the message of Jesus Christ and, and just to hear the stories of people that God sent there, man, man that was pretty awesome. But so many times we wait for, for those type of days, the days that we plan ahead of time and, and we look ahead of time to uh, to to witness about Christ. And I keep getting reminded we need to wake up every day that way, looking for opportunities. God... Who is that appointed person that I'm going to speak to today? Who's that person that I'm going to go after today? But as we kick off today, I'm going to read from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. But, but again, Jesus, I believe, came after us. And that's what John is talking about in this verse. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And we'll jump down to verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace. And again, that scripture reminds me that that Christ saw our need And he come after us. And and I can remember back in the day when me and Karen had bought Joshua a Kozaki motorcycle, dirt bike, racing bike for his ninth uh, Christmas gift. So here we are in December. And December 25th, it's cold outside. Uh, uh, We bought him this bike. Actually, we bought Amy a four-wheeler that day. And we're out riding around in the pasture, Tom Overbar, where I used to live over there. And the only instructions I gave to Joshua and Amy is to stay away from the pond. We had 40 acres out there. They could ride. They could do whatever they wanted, but just stay away from the pond. And and lo and behold, within five minutes, guess what Joshua decides to do? I'm on the four-wheeler with Amy, and, and I'm cruising along. And then all of a sudden, I look around, and I go, where's Joshua? And I can't see him anywhere. What happened was Joshua decided to, to ramp the pond. And needless to say, he didn't make it. And he ramps up in that pond and he lands in the middle of it. But the thing, reason I couldn't see him and, and couldn't really tell what was going on is because he's wearing coveralls. And in the wintertime, you're wearing these coveralls, saturated with water. It took him to the bottom. And, and you could just see water moving there. And so I race up there on the four-wheeler and dive into this freezing, cold, crusty water, ice-crusted water, and and look for him literally doing this, trying to find him, found him, grabbed him, and threw him on the side. And and made sure he's okay, then go back in and drug his motorcycle out. And as I was writing that this weekend, Jesus said to me, and I believe the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, that's what I did for you. I came after you. I saw your desperate need. Uh, Man, the only thing God asked us to do was not to eat of the tree in the garden. And the only tree that Adam and Eve wanted to eat from was that tree. And they ate that from that tree, which was sin. and, 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 And it was like coveralls. Sin's heavy, and it weighs on us. And today, if you don't know Jesus Christ, or even if you're in Christ, but you're letting sin control you, it's heavy, and it's weighing you down. It's holding you down. And Christ, he he came for us. He dove into those icy waters, if you will, and he took on that sin for us. And he bore it on the cross for us. He saved us. He saved our life and and we can relate to that with Joshua but but literally that's what Christ did for us. He saved our life. He came after us. And that's what I wanted us to be reminded of today. That that he went to the cross cuz that's how he completed coming after us. But in John 4 or excuse me Luke 4:18, we see when Jesus comes on the scene that, that he tells us his mission statement. You know, he came to save us, but not only to save us, he, he came to do all these things. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. But out of this, I saw four points that, or four things that Jesus came to do. But I'm gonna kind of shuffle them around because I think the most important thing we need to remember today as believers, and if there is any non believers, the same to you, but the most important thing was that Christ came to open our spiritual eyes. He was anointed to give sight to the blind, verse 18 says. And, and we see in Luke 4 that through this whole passage that when Christ preached and said those words that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, we had two reactions. And two reactions that, that we'll probably experience even in this house today. But the group from uh, Nazareth, we see in Luke four twenty two that they all spoke well the message. Man, they even marveled the message that Christ said. They even marveled his words in the anointing. But they remembered in Luke 4.22, isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't he just like us? And they began to upset themselves, work themselves up to the point in Luke 4.29 that they tried to throw him off a cliff. And we all know the story that that Christ just walked through them. And, And you say, well, Pastor, you know, I don't, when I hear the message of Christ, I don't respond that way. But I hear it so many times. Pastor, man, them are great words today. Man, you brought it today. And I know the Bible is true. I know them words are true. But they're just not comfortable for me. You know, I hear lots of times that, 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 Pastor, man, that is is powerful. But I'm not sure I agree with the word today. I think it was something in the past. So we see that same type of reaction a lot of times from, from us uh, and, and, and me at times. Because God's word is live and real. And we, we hear it, we receive it, and then we begin to meditate on it. And we think, well, maybe it doesn't work for me. Maybe it isn't good enough for me. But we also see that Christ talked about that in Mark chapter 4. When he said to the people that when the word is spoken, Satan immediately will come and take it away. He'll try to steal the word that Christ speaks to you. He even went to the point that said that many will fall away after they hear the words because their problems and their persecutions become more powerful. And In other words, they didn't receive the word and so their problems couldn't be handled. Whereas if they would receive the word, probably, they'd realize that Christ can handle their problems. But then the Christ went on to say that the cares of the world, and and I believe it's sports, and I could get into that even more, that, that sports a lot of times is the care of the world right now. It kind of dominates things. And the deceitfulness of riches, maybe our job and our monies, and the desires for other things, our hobbies... You know, they enter in and they choke, choke that word out from us. By the way, my son got tickets and was at the Final Four yesterday. But he was there rooting for Kansas. And if his hope was in Kansas, he's pretty upset today, which I think he's upset anyway. But we need to put our hope in Christ and and that's what we see in the second response in Luke chapter 4, 36, that those in Capernaum or Galilee, they accepted the word. They were amazed too. And they even talked about it to, one, to each other. And they said, wow, this word is powerful. It has authority. And man, look at how the, the, the spirit, the unclean spirits respond to Christ. Man, they, they come out. And we can see that their eyes were open and they received the word. They didn't allow Satan to steal it. They didn't allow Satan to take it away. And we see that Simon Peter's mother-in-law was healed. Man, that can come in handy for us guys that aren't any good with our mother-in-law. We can lay hands on them and, and pray for them and things can happen. But, but we not only see that Peter's mother-in-law was healed, the, the word says in 39 that all were healed who came to Jesus that day. Could you imagine that? That if everybody that came to these altars today were healed. And it's simply because they had their eyes open to Christ. And and then the word went on to say, and demons also came out of many, crying, man, he is the son of God. So we see these two types of people here. We see this battle going on and that's why Jesus came is to open our spiritual eyes. But Luke eleven twenty eight, 28, Jesus said, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Their eyes are open, they receive it and they put it into practice and they're Blessed. I was blessed by Ashland Diggs, and, and Mike was telling me about this the other day, but Ashland's a real good uh, softball player, and real good pitcher, and anyway, uh, uh, it, it's been taking a lot of their time, and even some Sunday time, and this year, the team that Ashley travels with, Ashland travels with, uh, they were going on the road, and they called her and said, we're going to be playing 11 out of 12 Sundays in a row, and, and, and you'll be able to go to church, and and I said, wow, and I go, what would you guys do, and I just happened to call Mike, and he was on his way to Marionville, This I think it was last Tuesday or whenever it was, I don't remember the day now, and and he said, well, Ashley just said that she wanted to not do that, and anyway, that she was going to join this other team, and the first thing that came to my mind was, is the team as good as the team that she was on? And he said, you know, uh, probably about the same, but she's going to have more college looks. And I, they had a name for it where the colleges come out and watch the games. Every game, colleges would be there at the, the games they were at. And he said, that's really good, but he goes, uh, he goes, other people are starting to come to this team, and I think it's going to end up being better than the team that we're on. And, man, I was jumping for glory because that's what the Lord's speaking to me, that when we apply his word and follow his word in our life, that that we can know that and stand assured that if we honor the Sabbath and just do other things, that he's going to bless us even more. And I appreciate that stand that she's made because God is blessing her. But it's obvious in the word when we follow God's word, our spiritual eyes will be open and we'll experience Jesus. We'll see him. John nine thirty nine says he came to give sight to the blind, to the blind and to show those who, who think they see that they are blind. He came to open our eyes. We need to realize that his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We need to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and not lean on our own understanding. In all of our ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight paths for us. But today, point one, we must determine determined that, that we will allow God to open our spiritual eyes to the Spirit. And that we allow it to move in our life. And so I ask you today, Christ came to open our spiritual eyes. Are we willing to do that today? Can we just raise our hand and say, God, I hear you. And Father, I want you to open my spiritual eyes. And Father, you do see the hands across the room. Lord, we want our eyes open to you, Lord. Father, when we have unbelief, help that unbelief to believe in your word and to stand upon your word. And so, Father, we do ask that you open our spiritual eyes today. Point two, Jesus was anointed To proclaim the good news to the poor. Jesus came for the the destitute. Those feeling hopelessness in a bad situation. He came for the afflicted. Those experiencing pain and suffering. He came for those that had been humbled by this world. By Satan and sin. He came for the crushed in spirit. Those that the life disappointments had just destroyed them. He came for those overwhelmed with grief, that maybe of losing someone or losing something. But he came. And many times we say, but Pastor, it's too big. Pastor, it's too hopeless. No. Jesus came to proclaim the good news to the poor. And I believe he was talking about the poor in spirit as much as he was talking about the poor physically. I met a young man the other day, and I followed his childhood, and we see that any time this young man received anything positive from this world, Satan came in and robbed him and, and, and just crushed his spirit and and we can see in the scripture we read today Satan immediately comes in and 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 tries to take away what God is doing in our life he had a father that 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 beat the living tar out of him all the time that looked for reasons to just beat him anytime that he had a dream or, or tried to dream at all his father would come in and just crush those dreams and and just put beating on him All he had to hang on to with his mother at a young age, and she would go ahead and and, and split and leave without notice, not even saying goodbye to him. But because of his hurt and pain as he grew older, even accepting Christ, that hurt and pain was still in there, and he pushed his wife to be away because of all the pain in his life. He finally received his dream job and, and was really into it to find out and be told that, that he was no good. And he remembered back to the day his dad told him how he was no good. His life was hopeless. He was defeated. And then the Lord spoke to him and his spiritual eyes were open. open. He gave his life completely to Jesus and Jesus turned his life around. Jesus saved his father. Literally saved him. He came to Christ. And the boy would later say that my dad was a monster that, that beat me. Someone I hated and fear. And now that Christ has got him. He's a man that I love and respect and want to be. Man, look at the change. Look at the change that Christ brought into this boy's father. And of course it. Was over years. But Jesus would even restore the relationship with his mother. Jesus would even help him get his girl back. Jesus even blessed his career. Man, I can only imagine. Did you guys catch that? Good movie, go check it out. But it's truth. Are you destitute today? Are you afflicted today? Are you humbled by this world, crushing in spirit, brokenhearted? Jesus came that we may have life and have it abundantly. And that leads us into point three. Jesus was anointed to proclaim liberty to set free those captive, he came to free us. And and not just at salvation, but throughout our life, anything we're going through, he came to liberate us, he's taken care of it, he's set us free. Liberty is the state of being free from oppressive restrictions imposed on us by Satan, sin, and death. Jesus has liberated us. He's freed us. John eight thirty six. so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Galatians 5, 1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not s- submit again to the yoke of slavery. Jesus paid that price for us. For freedom, for liberty, he died for us on the cross. And it's just as we, and we've heard it many times, but, but the words that even Christ just said on the cross tells us of that liberty, that freedom that he gave us. He said, Jesus, uh, or he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus forgave our past, our present, and our future sins. On the cross, he forgave you of the silly things that you would do, the silly things that I will continue to do at times. He took care of business. He gave us salvation. Truly today, I say to you, you will be with me in paradise. When nobody's spiritual eyes were open around him, there was one thief on the cross that his spiritual eyes were open, and he said, hey, man, I hear your message. Can can I receive it? And Jesus said, yes, my son, today you'll be with me in paradise. Forgiveness, salvation, were on the cross. We know the words in John 19, 26, when, when Jesus saw his mother and disciples whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciples, behold your mother. And from that hour on, the disciples took her to his own home. When our kids are wayward, when our family's wayward, when our friends are wayward, we can know that Christ is looking out for them. And Christ is just revealing this to me as we speak today, that that I died so that your family could be saved. You just pray for them. You just speak to them. I died to take care of them. The way that he took care of his mother that day, he wants to take care of all of us. He took on our sin, Matthew 27, 46 says. and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Again, he took on all, all of our past, our present and future sins. He fulfilled the scripture and the prophecies. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, he said, I thirst. And that again was fulfilling a prophecy that he would say that. But the reason I say that today is we can stand on Christ's word because it's fulfilled. We can stand on the things he said because it's fulfilled and he will back up his, his words. When Jesus had re- received the, the vinegar or the sour wine, He bowed his head and said, it is finished, and he gave up his spirit, John 19, 30. Jesus gave his life to save your life. And last but not least, Jesus calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, Father, under your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Jesus trusted God with his life, and he showed us how to do it. Did you ever catch that? He showed us how to trust God with our lives. You just follow the Word. Just follow the Word, follow Jesus. Jesus paid that price for our liberty and freedom, He's came for us. We need to go to him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That spirit is now in us. And as I say it many times here, when we read 2 Timothy 1 7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power, love, and self-discipline. We prayed today that our eyes would be open. God has not given us a spirit of blindness, but of power, love, and self-control. Jesus paid the price for our liberty. For God has not given me the spirit of hopelessness, but of power, love, and self-discipline. For God has not given me a spirit of brokenheartedness, but of power, love, and self-discipline. God has not given me a spirit of failure, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Jesus paid the price on that cross. And whatever we're battling, we just need to go to him and fill in that blank. God has not given me this spirit of blank. Blank but of power love and a sound mind. So as we close out today know that God loves you. And we've already read John 3:16, so much that he loved you. I fought to save my son that day out of the water, the freezing water. And I'm not sure I could give my son up for me or or, or even you. <laughs> I know that sounds mean, but I'm not sure I could do what God did, but that's how much he loved you. And as Joel quoted quoted earlier, God demonstrated his love for you and that while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. He knew that we were going to sin in our past and our present and our future, but he died for us anyway. And we need to remember that God our Savior desires all people to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth first timothy 2 4 and we need to realize as we've been talking the last three or four weeks that you are god's temple those that believe you're god's temple and god's spirit dwells in you jesus came after you to dwell in you and that word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we have seen his glory Gloria is the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. We need to realize that he has empowered us to overcome. And I read this scripture here a lot of times in John 14, 12, to, to you know, show us the power that's in us to tell others, but it's also the power in us to sustain us. But Jesus' own word said, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Well, what works did Jesus do? If you go to look at Luke 4 and Matthew 4, he overcomes sin. He didn't let it rule his life. He's done the same for us, and that's in us today. You will do what he did. He will help you to do what he did. The word says, "It did even greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to be with the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. Jesus came after us. He wants us to rise up, rise up and be who he's called us to be. These little booklets you got, uh, Landon's made some scriptures every day that you can review on day one, day two, day three, day four. And, and even the place for sermon notes—I didn't tell you that—and I'm done. But, but the praise team wants to come forward today. I, I want to to call the altar call today. But, but I want to thank Landon and Norma for all the work they did. I think Mom even helped you some on on putting them together and some others. But, but but this is what we're going to do for our triangle ministry. After t- we're going to run the churches through it for the next four weeks. And then the new people that come in, we're going to take them right into this and show them what Christ has done for them and how much that that he loves us. But I'm getting ready to head to Carthage for our first service down there in English. And it's 1130. You can keep us in prayer. But as I was praying over this the last few months, and our teams are praying and, and different things, the Lord told me two things. And, and, boy, he put him in my heart, deep in my heart. And he said, pray, pray, pray. In other words, you're starting a church. What do you need to do? Two things. Pray, 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 and give them the experience. And what he meant by that, giving them experience, meaning to be so prayed up that, that when we're doing worship, when Joel and the team's leading that people experience God, that when somebody's singing a special, that they're so prayed up that that people receive an experience of God, that our Sunday school teachers are so prayed up and so in tune with the Lord that, that people have an experience. But even more is what I did earlier when I said, open your spiritual eyes. Who wants that? Raise your hand up and have people commit to things so that they can have that experience. But the Lord said, in all you do, pray, 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 and experience. But he also emphasized these altars up here. A lot of times we're scared to go to them, but when God tells us something and asks us to deal with something, and and you've been prayed over, and the Lord said, when those come to the altar, they need to experience me. And that's what I've been praying, that that those that receive from him today will experience him like never before. And, and anyway, I was coming back from Carthage Wednesday or Thursday night, and, and I called my little brother. He's done three church plants now, and successful church plants. And I said, Brian, if I could ask you two things that I need to do for a church plant, what would you tell me? And he said, pray, prayer, and experience. And I thought, man, Lord, you're trying to tell us something. And I said, well, thank you, Brian. And he goes, well, Kent, I'm not done with that. He goes, our church is getting away from that a little bit. And he goes, I'm emphasizing that more now than ever, that we need to pray, pray, pray for each other and expect the experience. So today, as we've talked about all these things here, that, 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 that Christ came to do for us. He came for the, the, the destitute, the afflicted, the humbled, the crushed in spirit, the broken hearted. He came to set you free. And that's the experience part. He came that those of you that may have family members that need Christ. That they could experience him. We see on the cross. He took care of his mom. He has a heart for the family. And he has a heart for your family. But Jesus paid the price. Whatever you need to fill that blank in with. God I don't have the spirit of this. But I have power, love and self-discipline. Jesus paid the price for that freedom. And if you give it to him you're going to experience a change. You're going to experience a touch in your life. So these altars are open today and however God has dealt with you today, you need to expect the experience. You need to want Him to change your life. And it happens to me every time when I'm even preparing the sermon, Lord, I need to work on that. I need to deal with this area of my life and I need to Pray about that and allow him to change me, that experience. So let's all stand today. As the praise team begins to play, if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, come up and experience him. Allow him to touch your life. If you're here today and you just floating around and and you're not where you need to be. Come up and let him touch your life and experience him. But if you just got situations in your life, this is no better place to be than at his feet. And I promise you, you will experience freedom. All that went to Jesus that day were touched. All that come to Jesus today Will be touched. Amen. Father, you see the hearts today. Father, I ask that you move on them by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.